0: deal with it. We're all screwed up. Find out how to be happy no matter what is going on. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com that's happiness at tracycrossley.com enjoy the show thanks for listening the real story is that tracy saved my butt it's
1: been an amazing opportunity for me so i feel like if i can make growth from it i know anyone can it's the best investment i've ever made in myself it way beats the greek holiday and i love my greek holidays
0: thank you so much for um uh all the work in the session and the Marco Polo to help me so Tracy you're awesome thank you
1: it's just been it's just been amazing and I just if anyone's even thinking about it do it even if you're just thinking about it just do it just go there you know just just do it for yourself you know
0: welcome to this special edition where Tracy answers your burning questions
1: hi there I am now live. Yes, I am. Hopefully you can hear me. I did not check my sound before coming on today. So I do have another wonderful episode of emotional baggage. Stop unleashing. No. Yeah. Stop unleashing. Start releasing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's get rid of that emotional baggage. So real quick, let me get over to my little outline here and I will, uh, see what it says for me today. So basically, I'm gonna wait for people to get on. Um, Hey there! Okay, so emotional baggage, we all know what that is. It's sort of like as a kid, you don't have any emotional baggage when you're born, right? And then you're in an environment with other people and being around other people, period, whether it's functional or dysfunctional, you're going to create certain beliefs that you have about yourself and the world. And depending on what your beliefs are, you're going to, in some cases, because it's negative, you're going to look at life and yourself and how the world works from a more negative perspective. At times, all the time, it really just depends on how your environment was as a kid, to what degree of dysfunction you lived with. So anyways, so you develop this as a kid, you come into adulthood, and you have these beliefs. And you go into relationships with these beliefs. And at that time, you always have a choice to develop some kind of self-awareness about what you're bringing into a relationship. And a lot of people, of course, don't have that, at least in the beginning. So we develop emotional baggage because we're carrying everything from childhood forth, like these suitcases, right? And you get more of them or they get heavier and pretty much they need their own plane at some point. And that's how emotional baggage works until you start to work with it or at least stop accumulating it. So that's pretty much what emotional baggage is. And what I'll do is I'm gonna go over here and look at my little outline again. And basically, if you have any questions, go ahead, put them on this post. I will get to them. If I don't get to them today, I'll get to them next week, but I promise I will get to them. This has been a really great forum. For answering questions. This has helped me a lot with emails I get from people, the messages I get privately sent to me on Facebook, and of course when you guys leave questions or comments on any of the posts on Facebook, okay? So and Instagram too, by the way. So you comment anywhere, I'm gonna do what I can to answer. Alright, so first question. This is about an attached X, and this is an email question I got. And this is what it says, I suspect this is impossible, but how do I tell an avoidant anxious ex-partner who keeps contacting me that she needs to look at her feelings and get out of her head? She ran away from a beautiful relationship and pushed all the people most dear to her away, not just me, her friends too. Is there a way to help her snap out of the loop? I can't stand her this way. Well, I can understand that when you have an idealized version of a human being. I have to imagine that when you were in a relationship with her, there were probably signs that she wasn't both feet in. And then you have to ask yourself why you were in a relationship with someone who did not have both feet in as well. Because most people, who by the way are totally committed and have both feet in to a relationship, do not choose people who have one foot in because it doesn't work. And people that are emotionally available are not looking for dysfunction, they're looking for function. So it's a great opportunity for you to look at you and ask yourself what you were doing and why you look at her as a person who was basically to blame for leaving a relationship that was really great. And the reason you want to do this, it's not so you beat yourself up, it's so that you take responsibility and you become empowered because you kept making choices all along that said, hey, I want this person in my life. And you know, in the beginning, I'm sure it was probably great, and it was more consistent, perhaps, or, or whatever it was. I don't know, because it didn't say in the email. But the point is, you really can't, coming back to your question, you really can't tell somebody, hey, you need to look at your feelings, and they know what the heck you're talking about. They're not gonna know what you're talking about. If they ask you and say, you know, I'm really puzzled as to what my behavior is all about, you could say, well, you might wanna look at your feelings. But you're not gonna be able to coach them into it. People always wanna share my podcast or they wanna share what I write with the person that they're struggling with. And the problem with that is that person doesn't really have an interest. And until they get it inside that they wanna change or do something about their circumstances, it doesn't really matter what you do. So don't waste the effort, but of course, if it's bothering you and you're saying you can't stand her this way, then you make a choice to go well, I don't necessarily wanna put myself in a position to have a conversation with somebody where I'm not feeling connected or I'm not feeling I'm getting something from it. So you have to look at also why you're doing that to yourself. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. I know these are short when I answer them, but I definitely wanted to be able to provide just a little bit, you know, something so that when you walk away from this live Facebook video, you have a little bit more information for yourself than you did before. Okay, so I have a total of four questions today. So the second question is from a listener. Easter is coming up and I will be seeing my older sister, who always disapproves of me and my choices. I am bringing my new boyfriend for the first time and I know she's gonna make both of us feel uncomfortable. How can I protect my boyfriend and me from her wrath without making a scene? <laughs> Family's fun! Yeah! <laughs> oh sometimes they're our greatest challenge right? Okay so this one's a good one because frankly you can't protect Anybody the idea of protection unless it's physical protection from somebody who's wielding a weapon, you know Not a lot you can do as far as protection You get to make a choice though. See most of what I talk about is making choices Most of us don't want to make choices We want other people to make choices and therefore we react to them and decide oh that was my choice But really you're not making a choice. You're just going along with a reaction. So instead of seeing her, and there's a few different ways you can look at this, you can walk in and you can be completely neutral. It does change other people's behavior, believe it or not. When you have an expectation that somebody is going to be a jerk, I guarantee you that you're already putting yourself in a place that you're going to treat them in a way that says you're going to be a jerk. Maybe you're more closed off. Maybe you're more offensive. I don't know. But when you look at somebody and you give them the freedom to show up however the heck they're going to show up without a preconceived notion that they're going to be toxic, then you're you're opening a door, right? Because then you're not attached to that outcome of, oh gosh, she's going to overreact or she's going to be mean or do whatever it is that she does. And instead, you're just going to let her be whatever she wants to be and you can just observe it. You don't even have to engage. And if she makes comments about, your boyfriend or about you. All you have to do is look at it from a place of, wow, this is so not about me and it's not about him. And if you take it personally, then you have to look at why that's a trigger for you. Why is it a trigger for you if she's mean to you? And I'm not saying this is a perfect world and you shouldn't react. What I'm saying is you always have the opportunity to find empowerment even in those moments. When you look at, well, why am I taking this personally? Why is this affecting me? And to get deeper with it and get to your real feelings about what's going on inside of you. Why are you so intimidated by her? Get into that feeling and from there, you can basically find what's going on in you and you can resolve it inside of you by feeling your way through it and listening to what is already an innate voice inside of you, a feeling, a knowing. There's always that thing in there that says, This is the thing you should do, which is probably to have courage and perhaps even get closer to her in some way if possible. I don't know how toxic she is. So this could be like when you guys were little kids. I don't know. So anyways, I hope that's helpful. And uh, let me just make sure there's no questions over here. And there is not so far. So anyways, let me continue with question number three. (laughs) I feel like it's let's make a deal, right? And we have all these different curtains and let's see which curtain it's behind. All right, behind curtain number three, email from someone about being rescued from their emotional state. I'm gonna see if I understand this because it's a little bit longer. It's not super long, but it's a little longer. Okay, your point of being rescued from our emotional state is utterly spot on. I've not heard it described that way before. So I should probably tell you what that means to be rescued from your emotional state. So most of us enter relationships hoping somebody's going to rescue us. I'm not saying this is the whole world, but there is, when you get in a dysfunctional relationship, this is absolutely part of it. And that is you are in a place emotionally with yourself before you get in a relationship. Let's say you meet somebody and you get a very strong attachment to them that's not necessarily healthy, okay? There's secure attachment, there's insecure attachment. Let's say you get this insecure attachment and you feel like you just need their energy. You just need to hear from them. You just need whatever it is you need and you don't even know why. So you're wanting them to emotionally rescue you from whatever it is you're feeling because you're not wanting to feel those feelings. A lot of us don't like to feel our uncomfortable, negative emotions, but there's nothing there that really is going to kill you. Instead, if you don't feel them, you're gonna continue to look for somebody to rescue you from you. So feel your feelings, deal with yourself, and then you're not gonna look for an unrealistic outcome of wanting somebody to rescue you because a lot of people go into relationships with all these expectations that someone is going to go, oh hey, you know what, I can rescue you from yourself. You can't do that. (laughs) Even if you want to, you can't do that because nobody is inside of your body but you and that's where your feelings are and that is why you want to have an internal locus of control where you are dealing with your emotional state. Emotional intelligence, there's four different levels of it, and the first one is basically to, man. well, it's actually the second one, to manage your emotional state, okay? So, you have to not mentally manage it by telling yourself not to feel certain things, but to allow yourself to feel so you don't enter relationships looking for someone to rescue you. Okay, so that was my explanation, excuse me, my ex- explanation. So, I'll start it again. Your point of being rescued from our emotional state is utterly spot on. I've not heard it described that way before. In my most recent situation with a woman, I have concluded that she touched virtually every button of seeing mom in another. That is likely possible. When someone has spent a lifetime with very low self-esteem and then has an experience where they cannot escape the feeling that for one moment they are perfect, you can't unring that bell. It's way, way worse than any drug or an enjoyable childhood or adult experience I have ever had. How do I free myself of that? Well, this is a great and very long answer. And, I mean, it's a great question with a really long answer. And I am going, I'm trying to think of how I'm going to be succinct with this, but... Basically, what I already talked about, about being emotionally rescued, the problem is that that's exactly what you're feeling when you see your parent in another person. And then there's that feeling of perfection in your feeling, like you feel like um, you're getting some kind of validation that you haven't gotten before, and it's amplified. So people who are avoidance, this is their story, because your emotions are usually on lockdown. You meet somebody who triggers you into a place of, oh my god, this person is so amazing and so over the top, and you don't even see a real version of them. You see a fantasy version of them. And then you're wanting them to stay a fantasy version and not a real human being, okay? And you're making them responsible for your feelings, and that perfection is an illusion. Because you're so cut off as an avoidant from your feelings, like I said, you it's like somebody has stuck a pin in a balloon okay when you get this reaction of intense feelings for somebody because love is not intense attachment is love is just love love flows love is free love is connecting this whole thing around attachment is this heightened intense state and you got to look at your life and how you live it how structured are you how rigid are you how blocked off are you that's a good indication about how you are an avoidant. And therefore, when you have these moments where you feel like you're connecting with someone, it's like you're not even connecting with the real authentic you, even though you feel like, oh my God, they see me for who I am and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, you're not really connecting at that core level of authentically who you were born as, okay, who you innately are. Instead, it's all your neediness and it's all the things you've locked up for years that you've avoided all of a sudden are coming out of that closet, you know, boom, here I am. Take care of me. I need the validation. I need you to keep showing up and we need to stay in this heightened state. That heightened state isn't a real state. Nobody stays there. And if they do, then there has to be a lot of drama that amplifies it. Drama brings intensity. The feeling of I might be abandoned, the feeling of this is not safe and secure, that makes people feel intense feelings. Like, oh my God, I'm holding on for dear life. Makes sense? Okay. Anyways, um, I'm running, actually, I thought it would be done <laughs> earlier today, but clearly not. So I got one last question, and let me just check over here. And Chrissy, dang, I wish I could be watching. I need this a lot. <laughs> well, you are totally welcome to leave a question here even after I'm done recording because I want to be able to help as many people as I can with whatever it is that you have going on in your life, okay? So let me get to this question over here which is from a listener. Okay, dating is difficult for me because it brings up every insecurity I have. I used to be there, I totally understand that. I know it's good for my personal growth but I'm always self-conscious about what I do and what I say. That's because you are waiting to be chosen rather than being the chooser. It doesn't matter if you're male or female either. So anyways, the question, let me continue, is is it possible to date without it being painful? I'm afraid my date can see it in my face. I want it to be fun, but it just isn't. Again, going with what I just started with, your focus is on the other person choosing you. And so it's almost like you're, uh, I don't know, a toy on a shelf in a a toy store and somebody's looking around going, oh, I'll take that toy. Oh, I don't want that toy. And so you want to be chosen. And when you want to be chosen, you're not usually your authentic self. You're trying to be, let's say, the best version of yourself. But if you feel so insecure, you might not show up as any part of yourself because you're afraid of being judged. And so it's not that you can't date. It's how you date. It's the focus you have when you date. When I dated, because I was an avoidant, even though I dated people and I had relationships, I had a lot of trouble getting past my own fear because I didn't want to choose wrong. I, you know, I had a lot of stuff. And if you've listened to my podcast, you've heard it. So when I look at this question right here, it reminds me of how we'll keep dating and thinking it's like the most painful, horrible process in the world and we won't have fun. But if I could make it fun, anybody can make it fun. Oh yes. And it was really about being curious about how I showed up. Like when I went out, because I wanted to be so me, right? I wanted to be so authentic. Warts and all, not that you know, I didn't take a shower or something before I went out, but I did. I, I just would show up as me and I would stay open at least to the best of my ability. So part of the curiosity was, well, Tracy, what are you doing, and I, you know, somebody would be talking, and i kind of check in with myself and go, okay, you're not being authentic, you're putting on that dating face so that maybe you get another date out of this, or something like that, right? Or, oh, look, I think he's into me, or, you know, you could have things like that going on. Well, those aren't really about being authentic. That's more about, oh, I'm in reaction to what Feedback I think I'm getting. And then that can make you more nervous and more out of your skin, right? So it's really about getting in your body and going, okay, I'm here to learn about me. I'm here to learn about what actually I connect with in another human being. You know, am I connected? And that was something, and I I said this to a client this week because I have a lot of clients who are dating. And I said, when I showed up, when I met my fiance, when I showed up, I was an open book. He had told me before we went out that he was an open book. And we both really were open books. It didn't mean that we were vomiting out our pasts and you know everything that ever happened, but we were totally open about who we were, what we wanted, because I knew for me, and I can't speak for him, but I knew for me that I had to be the most me ever because I didn't want to be somebody else in a relationship going forward. I wanted to be me. And so that didn't mean a perfect me. It didn't mean I'm gonna impress you, me. It just meant I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do whatever is me. And, and I had been you know, doing this whole curious thing for so long with checking in with myself and it made it more fun to go out because I wasn't looking at the guy and saying, oh, he has to do this or he has to do that. It left it totally free and open for him. To, whoops, for him to show up and be who he is. So that is my suggestion. I could go on and on with all of the answers to these questions, but they all do require a, <laughs> a lot more than about five minutes. So, anyways, um, please leave questions here. You can also go on and do a private message if you would like on Facebook and leave a question or a comment, and I will get to it hopefully next week. You can also email me as well. I do get a lot of emails, but it is better on Facebook just because it's one place for us to look so that I can gather up the questions and I can answer them. So I'm so happy you guys tuned in. Hey everybody, I'm so happy to see you guys on here and uh, tune in next week, I will be back. Alrighty, take care, bye bye.
0: To find out more about Tracy and her podcast, visit tracycrossley.com. That's where you can sign up for her newsletter and information session and find out more about her courses and programs. The address again is tracycrossley.com. If you like the podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes so that more people can find it.